0: Welcome to the Commercial Crew Review on Today in Space, where once a month, we're going to be reviewing the latest with SpaceX and Boeing as they continue to develop NASA's next option to send American astronauts from American soil once again. On this episode, we're going to be reviewing the successful Crew Dragon in-flight abort test for SpaceX. This was a major milestone in the Commercial Crew Program. With the success of this test, The next milestone for the Crew Dragon spacecraft and for SpaceX is to launch the first pair of astronauts ever to the International Space Station to dock, stay on board, and ultimately return to Earth. This could happen in the next few months, but some follow-up tests and a review of the data is needed before they finalize the date. But this happened on uh, January 19th. It was a Sunday. Uh, I was home nursing a cold, which uh, I am still not quite over. You might be able to hear it in my voice, but uh, I am working on it. A lot of vitamin C, a lot of vitamin D, a lot of water. Uh, but I was right before this, I was I was listening to the video. I have the link here in this episode if you'd like to watch it. But uh, it's the actual follow-up conference of this in-flight abort test. Uh, it's actually called Elon Musk and NASA discuss successful in-flight abort test and it's really interesting it, this this is the culmination of a ton of work it's there's so much that needed to get done that needed i mean this is a completely new spacecraft that you know according to the standards of the space industry as we've known it before uh all, all the time before you know the the end of the space shuttle era all, all of the safety that got into that this is the first time that we have a spacecraft that's this close to actually sending human beings again. You know, again, for those that don't know, we are utilizing the Soyuz system, uh, the Russian made Soyuz system right now to launch astronauts. That's the only option we have for America. So, um, to be this close to actually being able to use our, you know, our 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 crew loading dock, where the the crew will actually walk out. We we saw it on our our NASA social trip. Um, We actually got to take pictures in front of it. And, I mean, that hasn't been used for a mission to launch since the Space So 2011, guys. It's a long time, and a long time coming. But this test was really, really amazing to watch. Uh, We've we've got a few things to, to talk about that are important, that are exciting things that we're going to cover today. We're going to cover a few things that you may not know of, things that that are new to me that I learned about, and then just some exciting stuff, especially about the fate of the Falcon 9 rocket, which uh, did end up blowing up in the test, which was a marvelous view, and I've never been more excited about something blowing up uh, (laughs) rocket-wise in my life. This is a... When do you ever get to get excited about a rocket blowing up in a mission? This is, this, this, it was really awesome. And, and the, it couldn't have been more beautiful to watch. Amazingly, the live feed actually caught it. There were a lot of people who were there photographing, uh, taking pictures. Uh, Is photographing, it's not even a word. That's not, it's not a word. Anyways, a lot of, a lot of photographers that I follow online that were there, a lot of people that were trying to cover it with videos, uh, even, uh, the everyday astronaut had a hard time with, uh, with, with cloud cover but luckily the live feed on the internet did actually catch the view and it was spectacular. So you'll be able to check that whole thing out if you want to see it here. But here's a few things about the mission that are just fascinating. This is something Elon Musk mentioned in that post-conference. The Crew Dragon capsule. That was used. This Again, this is our, our Crew Dragon capsule model that we 3D printed on our 3D prints here in our AG3D printing lab. But the Crew Dragon that actually launched had a peak velocity during the in-flight abort test of more than double the speed of sound and hit Mach 2.2, according to Elon Musk. It was at an altitude of 42 kilometers or 130,000 feet, which is insane that, you know, you lose the perspective when you've got this camera that's zoomed in and you've got this really nice view so that's in in the air, but you forget that. You know, basically, it's like doing this. We're trying to return human beings at basically the three times the heights you reach in commercial airlines. You know, we're trying to recover them safely on the ground without having a ship that aerodynamically comes down. We're just dropping them from the sky off of this rocket and trying to get them to come home. That's what this, that's what this test was all about. <clears throat> the Falcon 9 broke up uh, due to the MAX Q that it, it was done. And so it was, the abort test was done during Max Q, which is the period of time where it has the max aerodynamic forces that are acting on uh, the rocket. And actually I wanted to, uh, the, the, it's, it's interesting. You know what? We'll, we'll do this another time, but let's just, let's, what are the, what are the basics of, what are the basics of aerodynamic forces? You know, what, what are, what are you dealing with? You know, obviously most people, whenever they, they learn about, aerodynamic forces, you know, the airfoil, you know, the, the slice of the wing that, that shaped just like this. And it's always that the, that's how they figured out the plane worked. You know, they tried all these different airfoils and they figured out how they could get lift and then produce thrust. You know, that's how, you know, airplane engines that have turbines that they generate thrust is, is with these airfoils, but the components of aerodynamic force, there's a normal force that's due to the pressure that's on the body as it's going through and the shear force, you know, due to the viscosity of the gas. So um, it's also known as skin friction, according to this this Wikipedia article here. And when this rocket is in max aerodynamic pressure, you've got the pressure of the air around this rocket as it's forcing its way through the atmosphere. You know, air doesn't want to just move out of the way. And it's not like this is the most aerodynamic thing on the top. Uh, and when this got jettisoned off the top of the rocket the rocket is now essentially just an open end so it's trying to go through it's trying to go through the air it's got the pressure and then it's got the friction of the air on the side so when you take the dragon capsule off the top of the Falcon 9 and this thing is still going you know Mach two point two essentially uh, double the speed of sound that rocket is the the friction of the air is going to cause it to shake and the pressure on the body, all of those things combined, ripped the rocket apart and caused it to explode. And it was a beautiful, beautiful beautiful explosion. There's a lot of really great pictures. We'll have some links to some amazing stuff that people took, especially of uh, uh, Stephen Marr. He had an amazing, amazing composite vi- photo that I saw online. Uh, it was an event. This This abort test was a crazy event and it was just great to see NASA and SpaceX excited together at the same time, excuse me, excited at the same time, I mean that doesn't, that has not been happening and it's so good to see, it's, it's a breath of fresh air, I mean it is, it's a major milestone and everyone should be excited, we're getting close, um, for this mission, for the in-flight abort test, it was going to take them under two hours to recover the Dragon capsule and bring it to port, uh, which would be much faster if there was crew on board. So to the, for the first test, for their for their run of this, of recovering the capsule, in the case that during a mission they had to do the abort test, um, the first time they did this, they were trying to do it in under two hours. So this would have the go search and recovery ship, go out, uh, they would go to where the dragon capsule is landing, and then they have a whole system that, that will safely take the capsule up into the ship itself and then return it back to dock they uh, one of the versions of the, the ghost search ship actually has a helipad so that if you know they re- they needed to get one of those astronauts out after this abort test if something didn't go quite right they could and it's it, it's crazy to think that not only does SpaceX have rockets but they also have a fleet of ships and this is this is just a part of the space industries is a part of of being a rocket company of sending rockets and that now sending humans and um, you know the one of the companies that you can see today that that's been talking about this forever is the United Launch Alliance. They have their fleet and they just uh, released some of some new new parts of their fleet too uh, within the last year or so. Uh, you can follow Tori Bruno online on Twitter. Uh, that he's he's the he's one of the best leaders of a, of a rocket company that's out there. Him and Elon Musk are, uh, are on the top of this. Um, so it's, it's, it's cool. And it's just cool to see how, how much goes into actually sending stuff into space. You know, we think it's, you know, I know back, even when people think back to the lunar missions, everyone kind of focuses on the single astronauts that touched Neil Armstrong, Buzz Aldrin, who just had his 90th birthday, by the way, happy birthday, Buzz. But yeah, There's so many people that are involved in just sending a single human or even robots, uh, rovers to Mars. There's so much that, that goes into that. Let's get back to some more information about this mission. Uh they there were inside this Crew Dragon capsule. They actually had a, a bunch of test equipment inside, so like dummy weights that were simulating uh the crew members on board, so making sure you know they have the same amount of weight as if there were crew inside and there was also I think trying to simulate supplies that they would bring with them, things like that. Uh the recovery team that would actually go out there is actually being uh led up by the Guardian Angels, which is apparently uh, division of uh, the the Air Force, which I, I didn't know about. I actually uh, learned about that recently. Uh, they're actually trained specifically for operations, get in there, save people, recover them using a combination of, of you know, ships, helicopters, whatever they need to, to get the mission done, they do it. Uh, so it's pretty cool to hear that they're the ones involved. They uh, in this and the, they're they're described as the the insurance policy you don't ever want to use them but if you do have to you've got them to rely on so that's pretty cool and the last thing we need to talk about for this mission is that the the Falcon 9 and we talked about it and one of the things that's different compared to a lot of other rockets any other rocket really is that they're reusable and so these rockets have a history and this rocket b-1046 This Falcon 9 has a history. Uh, It's, it's, there's so much, I mean, it's just wild. And it's cool that visually you can see these rocket, the the rocket's history based on looking at it. You know, they leave the actual burn marks from the rocket launch and from re-entry. So you can see when a rocket's up there, if it has to be reflown, if it's been reflown before. So let's go through some of the history here for B1046. It was the first Block 5 booster to fly. So the Block 5 booster is the iteration of the Falcon 9 that's out right now. The Falcon 9s that did this test, the Falcon 9s that are launching missions right now is the final iteration of the Falcon 9. You know, The first Falcon 9 that did its first landing is not the, fir- the same Falcon 9 that exists today. The reason they made these iterations is because they perform a little bit better. They're able to get more performance out of that rocket. They're able to make them more reusable, right? Because there is a level of reusability. So this Block 5 was the kind of final s- step where they said, okay, this rocket is going to be as reusable as we can make it. And this is going to be our, you know, our, our main model that we fly with. Uh, it launched the Bangladesh's first geodesh, uh, geostationary communications Satellite that was the uh, Bangabandhu mission. Uh, we did cover that here in the podcast. Uh, it's also the first reflight. Uh, it was also the first reflight of a Block Five booster. So it was not only the first Block Five, but it was the first Block Five to be recovered and reflown. So that's awesome. It was also the first booster to fly two missions of geosynchronous transfer orbit. The first orbital class booster to fly three times. Um, you know there are different types of boosters, different types of rockets, like rockets that do different things, this orbital class booster with Falcon 9 is different than, say, Blue Origin's uh, BE-3, or uh, the, the New Shepard rocket. Like, right now, um, it's... Actually, I'm going to double-check that real quick. Uh, let's see. What class is the Blue, Blue Origin New Shepard rocket yes so I, I i was right i just wanted to make sure because I, I don't want to be spewing lies here on the podcast but yes so blue origins new shepherd the rocket that they ra- launch right now you know a lot of people would talk about how it it's in the same competition you know uh jeff bezos got to space first did the first uh reusable rocket before elon musk and even that's technically correct but it was he did the first suborbital rocket where elon musk and spacex did the first orbital class rocket actually delivering things into orbit so there's there's different just like we have different cars that accomplish different things one car can tow more than another car it's kind of the same thing so the it's the first let's go back here yeah so it's the first orbital class booster to fly three times uh so these are kind of continuous things they're just kept checking off records as this thing kept flying uh, it's the only falcon 9 to have launched from all three of spacex's active launch sites in uh, that that was you know the case in november 2019 so it did that really recently and it also launched launched the largest batch of satellites from the united states so this was a a, a, a storied falcon 9 b1046 we wish you Godspeed. Uh, it did crash back into the ocean. There is some video out there of of some folks that that actually caught uh, and followed the the Falcon 9 first stage as it came back down in a death spiral uh, and hit the ground, hit the water. It was a uh, it's it's a sight, man. And that's that's one of the funny things about you know when people say our people, you know, there are some people out there that believe that you know even private, you know, private individuals aren't allowed to videotape rocket launches. And one of the things, this is this is the case, you know, when I first started out online, uh, there were plenty of people out there that would, I would cross paths with because uh, space attracts some interesting minds. And some people were, <laughs> there was someone that I, that I found online was arguing that it, they're not allowed to do it, and at that same time, I had just gone to the NASA social for the for the Pluto uh, mission, the mission to Pluto, New Horizons, and was just in shock of the <laughs> of the hubris to think that. And that's what I've loved about SpaceX's launch speed is that you know the space coast is getting more popular, which means more people are actually seeing these rocket launches, and so uh, a logic like that is very hard to keep up when you could simply just go down to Florida and watch it yourself. So uh, this is what is great about what SpaceX is doing. Not only are they developing something like the Crew Dragon spacecraft for the commercial crew program for NASA to launch astronauts once again, but they're also launching at such a, a rapid pace, uh, light speed progress as we've been calling it. And it, it's it's changing the way that people look at space, changing the way... People react to launches. I mean, you know that is something've I've not seen. That's one of the things that SpaceX has given us as humanity is a, a lot of new things in space. you know the landing of a, of a first stage of a rocket is still, even though it's starting to get normal, uh, normalized because it, it, they've been so successful at it. They brought us the circus that is trying to land a rocket back on Earth, not only on land but in the middle of an ocean on a drone ship, and they gave us this incredible in-flight abort test where we actually got to see the spacecraft go away from the rocket and those Super Draco engines on the rocket uh, that are here—they actually were, they op they operated as they expected it to. So, uh, a great successful mission for SpaceX. Big congratulations to the team there. Everyone involved at SpaceX is that's that's there is from what I understand and from what I know, passionate people and they're getting after it. They're making this stuff happening so close that we may actually occupy Mars one day, which is the ultimate mission of SpaceX itself. So, this has been the commercial crew review. We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you have any questions, if you have anything else that you'd like us to dive into, any thoughts, please let us know. Please reach out to us, Today in Space Pod on Twitter and Instagram, and Today in Space Podcast on Facebook. You can also email us, Today in Space Podcast at gmail.com. Next, next week, we're going to have an episode another new segment for 2020 called The People of Science. That'll be our first. We're going to dive into the lives of individuals, people, the actual human beings behind the science, uh, and both living and deceased. And we'll talk about what, what brought them to science, what fascinated them, what did they accomplish, and kind of pull back the veil of different ways that people can be involved in science. It does not, not everyone has to be in a lab coat working with beakers to be a scientist. It's very, it's, it's much more than that. So we'll do that next week. And that's it. That's all we got for you. Have a great week. Enjoy yourself. Be safe. Take care of yourself. I'm going to try and get a little bit better. Get this cold out of my chest. And uh, we'll see you for next week's episode.